never worried that you might be the cool kid You wear the latest fashions on top of all the trends Or have you ever worried you were too much in the mainstream Always so generic, more normal than your friends Well, we've devised a test to put to rest your fears There's no need to panic if you lend us your ears Tonight you can't sleep easy after all that you've heard Cause if you like the show, then you're probably a nerd Sunday, you know what that means. It's time for a new episode of the It's Canon Podcast, the podcast where we talk about all things geek, the podcast where we talk about all things pop culture, the podcast where we talk about anything and everything because it's all in canon. As always, we're your hosts. I'm Boris. And once again, I'm joined by Phil. Is there a glitch in the Matrix? Seems so. I, I, right? I feel deja vu. It's like know, I've right? heard that song before today. Uh huh. How's it going? How how Pretty is good. everybody out there? I'm doing fantastic, actually. So happy that it's the weekend. This week was hell. Yes, it was. This week was a special form of hell. And I know that you told me that it's been a rough week with all the work and the stuff. And I gotta say, I had a very similar experience. It was it was a thank God it's Friday moment for me for sure. Yeah. Especially when I shut the computer off Friday at like 5 o'clock. Yeah, same. I finished my week like at 6, 7 p.m. Um, and when I did, it just, there was nothing sweeter. Like, first thing I did was take a shower. Like, it was that sort of form of, like, that type of week. It just, I just needed, I just needed to wash myself of the week. Yeah, I, I, I oftentimes do that now just because of the whole work from home thing and everything. And you're like, I'm going to leave my showers for the evening, so then I'll be relaxed. Yeah. Instead of having a shower for the day, it's like, nope, going to get through it, going to stink it up, and then yep. I'm going to wash it all off, man, I'm telling you. Exactly. So, Phil, we have a lot to talk about. And what are we going to be talking about? We're going to be talking about sequels and buying video games at full prices. We're going to be talking about Fortnite numbers. We're going to be talking about streaming news. We're going to be talking about PS Now. We're going to be talking about the MCU. And we're going to be having fun with a little article I saw yesterday about the future of ads. How does that sound? That sounds exciting, compelling, and different. Right? Right? Trying new stuff. about video games? Like, I'm telling you, that's a a new one. Yeah, I know, right? Last week when I was doing the show notes, I'm like, damn, we talked about video games a lot. Yeah, we did. (laughs) A lot more than I thought. I was just like, wow. Yeah. For, that for seems people, to be if they don't like- know, sorry, I'm just going to blurt this out, but I really don't get too much insight into what we're going to talk about. We submit articles, we do our research, we find things, and then ultimately it's the host's job to assemble the show. And Boris has complete control on that with with these types of episodes, so it's always fun for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's quite literally, I'm scrambling to grab my notepad so I can make the show notes. <laughs> but it's never a complete surprise. Like, I usually take mm. stuff that we're talking about throughout the week. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, we, 
obviously we want to be informed, but you know, you know what I find that it motivates me to do with my media consumption, especially with YouTube and, and different podcasts or different, different things on the internet is that I try to be, have a roundabout knowledge on a lot of things Yeah, because I never know what's going to get thrown at me. Exactly. So. Right. Yeah. But and we pretty much times. do a live take. Exactly. But there are times that I'm like, Hey, by the way, FYI, you might want to read up on this. Yes, 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 of course. But like NFT, man, I had no clue. I know. I didn't expect <laughs> There are to. times where you tell us, don't do anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, oh. so yeah, it's pretty busy week again in terms of the geek stuff. Um, but video games really seems to be the biggest area where things are actually happening. Um, not to say that things aren't happening in other places, but I find that video games were getting actual news as opposed to speculation and changes like we are in TV and movie land. Yeah, and, and you know, TV and movie land are basically reeling and trying to recuperate from the disaster of shooting and and everything else in production woes that, that goes on. We are lucky enough that we got the Falcon and the Winter Soldier and WandaVision this year. I feel like those have been two exceptionally great shows that seem to have, I guess they were filmed before COVID in, by and large in the majority. So I'm glad that they, they graced our little television streaming boxes because uh, it's good content as we discuss on our weekly or our Wednesday show. Um, this week will be the last episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yep. So be sure to tune in and it's very spoilery. Yep. I, I just feel we need to warn people. <laughs> yeah, we'll warn you again before the episode gets going. But uh, yeah, we have to figure out what we're going to do for our Wednesday episodes for a few weeks before Loki starts. Well, we have the Bad Batch. Yeah. We have the Bad Batch coming up on May 4th, but I have no idea what the release schedule is going to be or the length of the run. Yep. So that 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 might be something that we can take a look into. But there, there's lots of things. I, I've been percolating about it. I've been I've been thinking. Yep. And I'm thinking we are going to do the Bad Batch, but uh, we'll see what happens because I want to take a look at the release schedules. Because if we have to double up on shows, I'm fine with that. Wednesday can be kind of like our TV or our general review show of stuff. Um, one thing that yep. I do want to talk about a little more, and the reason why we never really talked about this particular subject in the past, and I know I've mentioned this on the show, it's because um, I have a love-hate relationship with comic books uh you know when the show started we were strictly a comic book podcast we'd literally go through every fucking release and talk about it between kyle tyler and myself we would read everything just about everything it was ridiculous um you know and, and really embedded in that world and that's all we talked about pretty much right that and dcu and mcu uh so you know, it became something that I just wanted to take a step back from. And as we kind of changed the format of the show, I wanted to kind of refrain from talking comics. But I think we're at a point now um, where I think we're going to start talking a little more about comics. Um, I know that you have been reading a lot more um, as you ask me questions about runs and whatnot. Um, and we're not talking about bathroom runs. We're talking about comic <laughs> runs. So... But because with failure, you never know. It's usually bathroom yeah. talk. Um, so, no, but 
but uh yeah so i think we're gonna be start talking about comics a little more uh you know we get the numbers from diamond in regards to sales figures we're going to be doing that monthly we're going to be talking about kind of like the major arcs that are going on um and you know with our wednesday show we might kind of talk about kind of what we liked what we don't like we'll see um but i kind of want to integrate comics back into the fold yeah you know this what's ultimately doing it for me to be honest i'm I I I got into the subscriptions. I got into Comicsology. I got into all this stuff to get these different titles and to get access across the different different companies. And I I actually find a lot of the Marvel stuff is pretty bland. Um, to be honest, that's my most unlimited subscription. And I find some of the books are tough for yeah. me. Um, and then I'm constantly being drawn into DC. Yep. And it's mostly because of comic book men. I'm getting really deep into that show. And it's just one of these things that I throw on in the background. It's not the focal part of my life. It's yep. just it's just filler noise. But I seem to really be getting into some of the things that I'm latching on to just by picking it up, like just by its presence. And some of the things that I've gotten into this week, like one of the one of the artists for Hush was on, and I think it's Chris Lee or something like that. And anyhow, I was I he's got a piece that's hanging in Comic Book Men in in back of like Batman, Superman, and uh, Jay and Silent Bob all drawn together. And I I keep on looking at that picture, and I thought, geez, man, I'm gonna buy Hush. I'm gonna buy the graphic novel Hush. Yeah, because I've heard you say that it was good. So I haven't favorite. started reading it. I haven't started reading it yet, but I got it. And the other thing that I talked to you about, I saw a girl in the store going absolutely apeshit over a Swamp Thing mm-hmm. creature. And here's the thing. Last year, I started watching Swamp Thing, that show, and I liked it. I just didn't stick with it. And now I've rebought that show. Mm-hmm. So I've got it in HD, and I'm, I'm watching that. And I also bought the Alan Moore, the beginning of the Alan Moore, just the first graphic novel of it, of his run on Swamp Thing, because you were saying, or someone said that it was really good. That was me. You know, so, yeah, it was you, and and I think I saw a little bit of it referenced on the comic book, man, as well. So I'm uh, definitely getting into some of the more classically written pieces. Yep. That's for sure. Yeah, the Alan Moore Swamp thing. So there's two runs that I would that I suggested to you. I gave you three books, but two runs. Um, There's the Alan Moore, and then there's a Scott Snyder New Fifty Two. That the New Fifty Two was really well done. Nice. Unfortunately, it didn't last too long with the New Fifty Two, but nothing really did. Um, They didn't give books the time to really get the audience going. Um, I don't know what the expectations were at DC with sales figures and whatnot. With New 52. And I also know that Scott Snyder was really focused on a lot of other projects. Um, You know, one of them being Batman. So, um, number one, it's Jim Lee. Uh, Jim Lee is the artist. Jim Lee. Jim Lee. I knew it was Uh, Lee. I knew it wasn't Stan. No. (laughs) I know that a lot of listeners were probably yelling, it's Jim Lee. So, it's Jim Lee. Yes. I I was waiting to Very cool guy. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool guy. You should, on Sundays, he has um, a live stream, typically, where he kind of does some 
doodles and he gives you tips oh, nice. and tricks answers questions really cool guy um he basically runs dc at this point um but yeah number two read the book do not watch the animated movie okay fair enough fair Horrible. enough uh, so sometimes really, I, I get that wrong yeah it really really ruined um, the the experience. So especially if you read the book first, <laughs> do not watch that movie. I remember watching it with my nephew, and we were both like, "What the fuck was that?" It was just absolutely ridiculously bad. Um, probably one of the worst things DC has released. Period. And I'm including Batman v Superman, the Joss Whedon cut, and <laughs> you know, like it, it was that bad, and probably worse than some of that stuff. It, it, it just wow. they, they did not understand what Hush was about. Ah, that, that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. Or they wanted to make it about something else. I don't so, know what they yeah. were going for, to be honest. But um, having said that, my one of my other favorite books, The Long Halloween, is being released on movie. So I'm actually looking forward to that because the first trailer came out That's... like two weeks ago or so and it looked fantastic. That's another one that I've been kind of curious. I had my finger on. Um, it's on my wish list. Is yeah. it's it just comes down to time. Like comic yeah. books aren't a fast read. Like I, I I bought a new Alien this week and whatnot, and it's not it's not a fast read for me. I really digest each box. I'm looking at at the art. I'm looking at. I'm thinking about stuff a little deeper than I guess I used to when I'd flip through. But I've always been the kind of guy that was drawn to those more complex comics. You know, my, my collection was really largely centered around Neil Gaiman and, and Sandman and whatnot and some of the offshoots in there. And there, it's just, um, you know, it's not for kids. It's not yeah. a kid's thing. And that's that's the thing that's basically the biggest thing I can I can come away from my experience of reading comics while on the toilet. So yeah, yeah. When I get the runs, I read my runs. Yeah, pretty much. I'm That's kidding. Probably the best. But yeah, you're right. Like <laughs> reading single issues doesn't take a long time. But when you're reading like you know five or six or seven in a graphic novel or collection mm -hmm. trade paperback, that's that takes some time, right? So yeah, so it's hard to because I'm so jealous. I'm so. Jealous of, of your reading experience. I'm so jealous of the inside universe that is comics, like Tyler and just everybody that I know has somehow been influenced by comic books. And I've largely walked around it. Now, I went huge nerd into Star Wars, but I'm jealous of this knowledge base and these experiences, especially how I see four guys in that store really relate so hard over it like one of them is like me and brian is just like you guys are just freaking nerds and yep. and then there's the uh, the three other guys that are able to have the secret conversation in plain sight and then there's people who approach and they're included in the conversation because they've read those books or they have knowledge and it, it's fascinating to me i think that's the part that that really i don't know flips the switch in my brain about yeah. comic books. It's, it's yeah. a weird, weird thing. Are you enjoying I'll the tell you. alien comic what? books? Um, It's second issue. Mm -hmm. So first issue I found was interesting. Um, I, I, I haven't read the second one. I just bought it this week digitally. 
Uh, I'm actually thinking about calling up my friend at my com- uh, the comic book store and, and starting a pull list mm-hmm. and keeping it on there. Um, yeah, I, I have thoughts about that. I was I was actually going to call him because he's he's a self published guy, Steve Gilbert. He writes his own book or his own graphic novels, and um, I'll give him a little shout out there. But uh, what ends up happening is. Um, he has a very interesting take on the comics and whatnot. He he's got this this resentment or opinion about about certain things and and enjoyment of other things that maybe regular people don't really enjoy. And I was thinking about calling him up and saying, "Look, I want you to pull these two or three issues, but I also want you to pull two comics that you think are worth my money." Yeah, and just put those in my bag, and I'll pick it up. I'll, I'll pay you your whatever. Mm-hmm. And and just be like, surprise me, win me, like give me something that you think is worth my time and my money, just just to be different, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe other people do that. Yeah, I well, but, it's no different than going to the store and asking whomever is working, hey, what's good, right? Or asking someone that's at the store. True. Not that you can do that here in Ontario yet anymore, but you know that's uh that's a thing. Um, you know, so when we when you were talking about. Aliens. I just, for some reason in my mind, got Predator in my mind. Have you heard what's going on with the P- Predator franchise? Uh, I have not. I, I assume, like, obviously Disney controls it now. For and now. Disney are, are light-touching aliens right now. Which means that I think out of all the stuff I've seen, the biggest sellers and the biggest movies besides the original Alien and aliens um i think the biggest movies box office wise i wouldn't be shocked I, this is a guess i'm yeah. not looking it up on the internet if somebody wants to correct me you can they can but i would say the alien versus predator stuff bangs pretty hard at the box yeah. office yeah they usually disappoint as movies but um i i can see disney igniting alien i think Predator that re-released that happened a couple years ago. That was an atrocious that was bad. movie. That was a terrible, terrible movie, and I really wanted to like it. Yeah, same. and it, it, it the was cast that bad. looked great in it. Um, and yeah, it just there, I think there were a lot of issues where I think everyone on set hated each other. So you know, yeah, I, I think I, there it, were a it, lot of issues. It was everything. It was the writing. It was everything was bad with that movie. Right. So, uh, anyhow, I I think that Disney are gonna let that one, the the smell come off of it. Well, and there's more to touch it. Alien because Disney was gonna release a new Predator comic, um, but a lot of the plans had to be stalled because the original writers, I think their names are Jim and John Thomas. I think they're they're brothers. Um, they're essentially trying to use the copyright loss termination process to get the franchise and the rights back they don't want disney to touch their baby interesting yeah that, there's be interesting. a lot going on there you know um the fact that they sold the rights to 20th century fox and 20th century fox then sold to disney they think that they can find an out 
with that sale. Um, but you know, when you give up the rights, you give up the rights. Like there, there's, there's yeah. only so much that you can really do. You know, I'm, I'm sure there's provisions in the contract that, you know, they have to respect the rights or to a certain extent, you know, they have to release something every X years to keep the rights, you know, you know, stuff like that, um, that yeah. we've seen these studios do in the past, but yeah, uh, they're trying to cancel a transfer, uh, which means that they could stop Disney from holding on to rights as Predator. Uh, so, uh, you know, they'll get it back. What this means, who knows? Are they planning a proper sequel? Are they going to reboot? Who knows? Um, but, you know, it's, it's kind of weird because they haven't done anything since 87. Yeah. Yeah. It is, it is a weird space. And, you know, we see this a lot with the MCU and sony and and whatnot and 20th century was doing that with x-men and everything where they just had to bring a product out every few years and then they could hold the rights to it yeah oh wow that's fascinating um i'm not that big into predator like it's cool and everything it's got it's got that cool factor but i've never really enjoyed the movie i guess yep. as much as alien for me was was and i'm very uncomfortable with horror all right so this was a, a weird zone for me because I liked it because of the isolation. I liked it because of the terror. Yeah. It also freaked the fuck out of me. But I think Aliens perennially is is just like my top movie. Yeah. Out of the, the franchise just because it's more military based and it's got that fear and it's got, it just hit so many. James Cameron was just really on the ball with that. And that's kept my love of Aliens aliens uh alive over the years i I've, I've i collected most of the dark horse books i collected most of the predator aliens dark horse books as well and now i see marvel there in that space or disney and yeah it's fun to, to read it and it's it it seems to be a little more on the nose with some of the stuff that you know like bishop and things like that like some of the android stuff is this really in there? And I, I, I did really dig what, what was being done with Prometheus and, and that line of the movies as well, yeah. the prequel kind of things. So uh, I, I, I hope that Disney greenlight that a little more. I, I'd like to see more of that. Mm -hmm. Really would. Mm -hmm. Ridley Scott, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's just mind-blowing to me to think that, you know, what Ridley Scott has said, that aliens is based in the same universe as blade runner yeah i i i'm curious to to know where that might go and as well like he he seems to disassociated what was that one uh the the wolf show the that sci-fi templar yeah show that was on he seems to distance that from the franchise yet he had direct shit in there from aliens he had yeah. an engineer's helmet in there so, but that, I, I think those I are more know. Easter eggs. Remember, he was just a director. He didn't create that show. So, um, yeah, but it looks weird to me. Like when yeah. you drop that Easter egg in there, and and just the content is yeah. so close. Yeah, like those android people with the white blood and everything. It's just there's too many similarities. Mm -hmm. I don't care well, if he directed it, wrote it, well, or when not. You, when you think about the general concept of you know the android controlling people right and having that yeah. immediate control and and kind of dictating what's going on and then when you think of the templar wars that's going on in that show um so yeah so that show was great um i really enjoyed that one creepy um, as hell but fun 
yeah, there were times where I was just like, what the hell's going on? There was just an unsettling in that, right? It was kind of similar to Aliens. Aliens. Yep. Right? So, you know, it it had that that uncomfortable feeling as you're watching it. Yeah, you want to look away, but you can't. You know what I mean? Like and and you're just like, well, I don't know if I really feel like watching next week's show. And then it it goes on and you're like, Oh man, I gotta watch that. <laughs> it was a slow moving show at times. Like it it's not the most action packed. A lot of talking, a lot of philosophical uh, chit chat, a lot of hearsay, but it was a great show overall. Yeah, I and that's the kind of show that I dig. Yeah. Because it is a little bit cerebral. Yes. Right? Like to be honest, like, you know, no spoilers or anything, but you watch Falcon and the Winter Soldier this week, and it was an action movie. Oh, yeah. You know, and I, I totally get it. That's what I wanted. But I'm like, man, the content level on this one is like, itty bitty. Well, here's you know, the thing. It's... Remember, we're going to talk about this on Wednesday, but the one note that I'm going to drop here, we're going to pick up on Wednesday, that is that this is essentially a six-hour movie. So we're getting yep. the final battle scene in that final episode. So, you know, yep. it makes sense, but, you know, this is the new style. You know, I've always, I always referenced Twin Peaks, uh, The Return. You know, it was an 18-hour movie that was, it was, mm. that was split into 18 episodes, and that's what uh, um, we ended up getting with Twin Peaks, The Return. So, you know, it, I think this is the new style um, of, of, show that we're gonna get especially on disney plus especially on like hbo disney plus yeah. netflix like it's a different it's a different yeah uh way to watch and consume content so speaking of watching and consuming content um let's talk mortal Kombat. i know you watched it I watched it. We're not going to get heavy into spoilers because I know there's a lot of people who haven't watched it just yet, but yep. Bill, what did you think? Um, you know, this this is interesting. Um I had zero expectation going into it. I watched, you know, the first little bit of it. I enjoyed it very much. I was like, "Hey, this is going to be a good movie." And then it got so terrible I had to turn it off. <laughs> and then I reapproached it the next night and flipped back, jumped back into it and finished it. And it wasn't terrible. Oh. I just got to a point where in the beginning it was so formulaic. It was just so formulaic. And I just felt like really it's fitting into the, the old trope of here we go again, all the characters, the, the rollout. I just had to take a break from it, but when yeah. I went back, I was I was impressed with what I saw. Here's the I thing: okay what did you expect? It. It's a it's a new movie yeah. franchise. You know, one of the comments I was going to get into a fight with you yesterday, but I wasn't going to save it for now. Um, and that is, you <laughs> said um, that you were lucky that you watched or played the video games to understand this movie. I 100 percent disagree with you. I believe that this movie was made in such a way that if you didn't play the franchise, you would know exactly what was going on, especially when you consider that the main character is a creation of the movie itself to a certain extent. Yeah. That that was a nice that was a nice thing. I like that idea that they brought an original character in to level out the story. I will I will concede that. It's just my my point was about 
all the little one-liners. Because the one-liners were the thing that made me laugh the most. Yeah, but those are like the... get over here and stuff like that. And I'm like, you wouldn't know that unless you played the mm, game. I would disagree. I like, think that get over here, finish him, and things like that, flawless <laughs> victory. I think those one-liners, yeah. anyone knows. I think it's one of those universal things. Yeah, I can go on the true. street, I say, you know, finish him, and they'll know that it's, hey, it's from that video game, that violent video game. Um, but I, I I do see your point. I do see your point uh, to a certain extent, but I 100% disagree I, with it, you. It's just the laugh factor for me, because yeah. that, that, that made the difference in the movie, because that brought levity. But here's like, the thing. That was just like, okay, that, that was kind of funny, right? Yeah. It brought back a nostalgic chuckle. And some the, of that shit I had forgotten. So it yeah. was like, ah, it reminds me of the game. Yeah. Here's the thing with that also that, um, you know, this is just the wrestling fan in me that oftentimes in wrestling, there's a lot of <laughs> kind of inside jokes inside, you know, backstage, um, non-kayfabe stuff. So stuff like, you know, breaking the fourth wall. Um, and it's kind of those Easter eggs that make you appreciate the content of what you're seeing sometimes more. It's that payoff for being a fan for a long time. And I think that's what this movie kind of gave us to, to a certain extent with some of those things. That, hey, if, if you're new, if you don't know anything about Mortal Kombat, here's the movie, here's the intros, here's this new character. Um, but if you've been a fan for a long time, you know these characters um, you know, and mm-hmm. here are these little Easter eggs just for you for being a fan for a long time. Like we acknowledge and thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just can't see, like, I think anybody that's going to go see the movie knows a lot about Mortal Kombat or exactly. played it to some degree. So I don't think that that's really too jeopardizing. And I think anybody who's giving it a chance would still have probably, you're right, that familiarity with those one-liners and with those little comments just by some proximity to the video yep. game. But like let's let's be honest here. The dialogue was fucking atrocious. Of course. <laughs> right. But you're not and getting Shakespeare in love or Titanic. No, no, like, I know. Like you have I to get it. set your It's an action movie. Yeah. Like I get it. It's a fighting movie. It it's not it's not but as well the editing was absolutely garbage as well. Like like there are things in film that were terrible in this. Mm-hmm. But that being said, it wasn't a bad movie. It was a spectacle. And it was exactly... It's it's the return of the B movie. That's exactly like, it. And there's nothing wrong with that. And it knew it was a B movie. And it played it like it was mm-hmm. a B movie. So I'm completely all right with that movie doing what it did and being yep. what it is. Because I know that myself, I can shut it off and return to it when I'm in a mood to absorb... The horse show, like the the shit show that it is, and and it's still it's it's not taking itself too seriously, and I just need to be in the mood to be in that same space. That's all. When you watch a movie like that, you know, yep. I fired it up on the Friday night, and I was not in that mood. Yeah, <laughs> and then I fired it up last night, and I was like, hey, you know what? It was fun. I yep. I, I enjoyed seeing Kano and. All these different characters and whatnot, and it was just like, and and them getting their powers. Yeah, the whole movie was 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 a lot of fun. I'm not giving anything away there. It's just, um, yeah, definitely check it out. There's not, and it's not like there's a lot of movies coming out anyway. So every movie it feels like that comes out is a spectacle now. That's that's the way I feel about the state of cinema and yep. television right now. Yeah, so you could. 
in my opinion, Kano stole the show. Like he was so good. Yeah. Yeah, his comments, his smart assness, um, everything about his character was funny to me. Yeah. So once once he got into the mix, the movie became infinitely better for me. Yeah. Because of just who he is and his smart assness. So yeah. Exactly. You know, Sonya disappointed a little bit. I, I expected, and well, the characters were the characters. There's the kicky guy with the fireball, and in the game, that's all you do, and that, that's what made me laugh as well. Because mm-hmm. when he fights Kano, he's under, like he's he's kicking his feet out, like he's doing the sweep kicks. And Literally, keeps as on if you're just Kano constantly down. pressing the button. Yeah. Literally, what you do when you play that character is do the like the little sweep kicks. Yep. And it's just hilarious to me because that's where I got the laughs. Yeah. Sometimes it wasn't even about the those cheeky one-liners. It was about the fact that whoever made that movie played the game. Of course. And and I laughed at that. Yeah. I was just like, hey, that's really funny. Like that's a creative way to do. And I even looked at replaying the game. Right. Mm-hmm. So I go, I go and I take a look at it, and then I'm watching the videos of it, and I'm like, no freaking way am I downloading this? Another 60 meg- gigabytes of game just so I can sweep kick some guy in a corner until victory is mine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just fighting games are so stupid sometimes. You're stupid. I am. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I feel like I'm one of the only people who really enjoys a good fighting game. Oh, I... Back in the day, I'm telling you, Tekken 3, ooh, I, I, you give me a controller, and a, a PlayStation controller, and give me control of Eddie Gordo, and I will give anybody on the face of the planet a run for their money at that yeah. time. Because <laughs> my yeah. friend Dave and I would have epic fights yeah. on that. like, And it, it would get heated to the point where we would start like physically contemplating beating the crap out of one another. Because I would frustrate him so much yeah. with Eddie Gordo. Yeah. Just couldn't land a punch. Just couldn't. Yeah, I wasn't too into Tekken, to be honest. I was more in the Street Fighter and those types of games. Um, King of Fighters, Street Fighter. I was more into those than, than even Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat, I just recently got back into, mainly because of my nephew, to be honest. Um, but I was more yeah. of a Street Fighter guy. Um, the Marvel versus Capcom games, all oh, those those were my jam. Wow, I was I was um, Tekken and uh, Dead or Alive. Oh yeah, I played Dead or Alive a lot, and I played uh, Soul Calibur. Soul Calibur was great. I played a lot of that on um, on Dreamcast. Yeah, I I actually have the um, the Soul Calibur version with uh, Darth Vader and Yoda. Of course you do. When it crossed over into that yep. and whatnot, but those those were I I like the 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 more frantic action mm-hmm. fighting games. The Mortal action. Kombat was a little bit on the on the bridge between the two very the the two types, but Street Fighter to me was a little too move based. It was a little too slow. Yeah, that, that was my my problem with Street Fighter was just like it felt like wrestling. It was a calculated move. And it was yep. a smart button press. Like yep. I'm, I'm a button masher. So. Yep. Nothing wrong with that. Um, but yeah. So overall, 
yeah, I, I enjoyed the movie a lot in the grand scheme of things. I think that they did a good job of, of of introducing the characters. I thought the character designs are fantastic. The costume design was great. Um, the CGI, at times, I felt like they were running out of money. Um, but <laughs> overall, you know, I had fun. Like, I know what well, I'm watching, right? Okay, I got this one question for you because this bugged me last night. What's the one rule that they come up with? About if you don't have the mark, you can't be in the pit. Mm-hmm. And Sonya gets all sulky and goes off with with Jax or whatever, right? Yep. And th- this is the thing: there's an edit where she's in the pit and she doesn't have the mark yet. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I'm like, she's not supposed to be there when the, when they attack the first time. And mm-hmm. I'm like, what the heck is she doing in the pit? Like that's yeah. sacred ground. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It kind of broke its own rule there. But, but at the same was, time, I think, eh. you know, I, I'm going to defend that and say, well, we're getting into spoiler territory, so I'm not going Yeah, there. I know. It was just a weird thing I yeah. noticed. I don't know that it was I, – I think there's probably an edit of the movie where they justify it, and it just didn't make it into that. So that's mm-hmm. all. It's not a big deal. It just made yeah. me laugh. Yeah, because I think those are Raiden's rules, right? As opposed to what? I guess. So. I guess, but – but yeah, he knows Anyhow. he knows what's coming, so that's I think kind of why. Anyways, um, yeah. so that's Mortal Kombat, and I think that the ending tease was really cool. Yeah, in a fun little way to kind of say, okay, wait, hold on, there's more coming. Hopefully, if this movie does have decent. Yeah, they definitely set it up for a sequel or even a series. You know, it's it's quite possible, and I guess. My message to everybody would be that if you're a big Mortal Kombat fan and you want to see the movie go forward, be be sure to support it. Like, just get out there, watch it. You know, I'm not going to tell you to go to a, a theater necessarily, but you can buy or rent it digitally and uh, well, get on it and support it and let them know that you're willing to punk down money to watch this stuff. Just remember, our American friends get it on HBO, so it doesn't matter. Well, there we go. Well, watch it and watch it again. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, talking, and I think this is a perfect segue into our first news item that is, you know, supporting original content if you want a sequel. There was a lot of anger in the gaming world <laughs> as we were recording last week. Um, yeah. I saw this pop up and I kind of ignored it because we were basically done the show, but I wanted to talk about this. And that is the Days Gone creative director and writer, John Garvin made a big hoopla about sequels and supporting the game and he said that if you love a game and want a sequel you should and i quote buy it at fucking full price you can go get bent yeah here's the thing <laughs> i'm sorry there's here i'll i'll present my point of view first um yeah. it's very rare that i get to do that i usually take it to you or Tyler. Um, so here, here's kind of my take on this. I see it from both ways. I see it as he's right. If you want a sequel, if you know, similar to just what we were talking about with Mortal Kombat, you have to support it in some shape, way or form. Typically it's initial release is the best way to do that. Um, so, you know, buying at a full price before it gets sold, buying it, you know, on the original market, as opposed to a used copy in the secondary market and whatnot is probably the best way to show your support. Now, I'm all for that. But 
Ubisoft, Cyberpunk, um, you know, Bethesda. Give us a game worth buying at original price. And I'm not just singling out these three examples. I'm just saying, hey, how about you give us a game that can actually be worthwhile buying day one, and I will happily support it. But if you're going to give us some bullshit, like look at all the controversy that's happening with Outriders right now, you know, fuck you. I'm going to wait. Yeah, as well. Like I, I'm, I'm completely there with you. All right, now, like this is the way it works in my life. All right, if a game markets itself really well, and I feel like that game is my jam, of course, day one I'm going to buy it, and it's probably going to be full price. If not, I'm going to buy maybe even the more than full price version. I'm going to buy the digital deluxe version because I want those extras. Because I want to get in that game and start playing it. I want to be entertained. And you know what? I put up with exactly what you're talking about when the game is kind of crunchy on the first weekend or the first week of release. And I get a little bit bitter about it. But the game fixes. And I'm like, all right, like, look, that's the best way to make sure it has a sequel. Sure. All right. But here's where companies win. And when you make statements like this bonehead did, This is where it falls apart, all right? If I'm a casual, if I'm just sitting there and I'm like, eh, I'm not feeling that game on launch. I I feel that there's some odor associated with this title. Or I'm not 100% sold on the zombie thing again. How many zombie games can one man play? All right? So you let, let the title sit. And then you get this thing in the news that says, hey, look, they made some gameplay mechanics changes. This game has gone from maybe a an initial release of a 75%. We'd, we'd say that it's a better game now. A month in, it's patched. It's got these graphical issues taken care of. It had all this other stuff going on that they fixed that dynamic, that gameplay. And guess what? It's on sale. All right? You know, everybody gets on their little, little... Uh, uh, platforms and says, you know, knock 25% off of it. And then, dude like me buys it. All right? That is their money still. Mm -hmm. All right? That is going towards a product and making it more viable. If they see a big uptick in sales because the price drops and the fixes are applied, all right? Maybe it's not as much as if they did the initial release at, at $90 or whatever it is. And Canadian funds, but you're still raking the cash to get on on the platform and then complain about that. That takes some balls, man. Yep. That is that's stupid. Yeah. Because now, you know, like that game is. I think it's free on the 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 PS Now stuff and all that. Maybe he's just pissed about that. Maybe he's just pissed that his game was basically. I bought that game. I bought it for like. 20 bucks or something when it was on sale I played it for about an hour and I never wanted to play it again mm-hmm. I honestly was just like that was garbage for me now I'm not saying it's a bad game if that's if that's your jam have at it yeah. go have fun but you know that it's just going to be coming back to us as the days gone re-release for yeah. PS5 enhanced edition $70 like I'm just so pissed off at how these games get recycled so many times. And I have some head of a studio 
sitting there saying, well, if you were a real fan, you would have supported it from day one because then you would still have your titles. You would have had Days Gone 2 and shit like that. Maybe there's no Days Gone 2 because people are tired of freaking zombie shit. Yep. Like, like there's a pandemic out there. Guess what the last thing I want to do? Play a freaking video game about a pandemic. <laughs> yeah. I already know what it's like to sit there and go, I don't know. I want to go to the grocery store and get a can of corn because I don't want to risk COVID today. Like, it's just, I don't know. It's arrogance. That's that's the part that everybody reacted to. And that's the part that I'm giving in and reacting to because it was stupid. It was a dumb, dumb comment by a dumb man at a dumb time. And I hope he smartens up about it. And I hope he's learned some humility, some humility about the whole situation and appreciate that people pay their money regardless of, you know, they're not stealing the freaking game. They're buying it in most cases. These are, these are consoles. Yep. And I think that's a perfect way to move on. I think you said everything that I kind of wanted to in there. Um, all right. So Fortnite had more players than any other game on PlayStation or Xbox in March. Fortnite just continues to kill it. So according to the MPD Group's player engagement tracker, Fortnite enjoyed the most unique active users in the month of March on both P on both PlayStation and Xbox platforms. Um, so he here are the games. So on the PlayStation side, number five, Minecraft. Number four, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Number three, Grand Theft Auto V. Number two, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Number one, Fortnite. On the Xbox, Microsoft side, number five, Grand Theft Auto V. Number four, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Number three, Minecraft. Number two, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Number one, Fortnite. Man, you gotta you gotta take your hats off too to to GTA Five hanging in there, <laughs> Like that's. I was talking to a friend last night, and he's replaying it, and I'm like, that game is eight years old, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's just sitting there going, you know what? The funny thing is, is that you fire up Cyberpunk, and it's pretty much the same game. <laughs> like he's, you yeah. know what I mean? I'm like, shit. We're eight years from now. We're probably going to be like, oh, man, I'm going to play Cyberpunk again. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it Fortnite. I it's like I'm so disappointed. I'm so so let down, but I guess I'm not. But man, Call of Duty. <laughs> and all right. And Fortnite. And Minecraft. I I should be shocked. I'm not shocked. I am shocked. I got it's a frustrating top five on both platforms. It's like just that. games that I'm personally not into at all. So I, yeah, exactly. Just... I I've never even played Fortnite. Like I say, I was thinking about it. I was like, am I missing out on something? And I'm like, no, no, I'm not. <laughs> like, no, you're really not. Um, it's it's amazing I... to me to think of Epic. Just think of Epic, mm-hmm. the game company that makes the Unreal Engine, the game company that made Gears of War. The game company that had the world by its balls. And then they basically got rid of a lot of those properties. They they still have the Unreal Engine. Yep. And they have Fortnite, a free game that is just minting money like crazy. I'm amazed at what they've pulled off. Yep. I'm just amazed. Yep. And unfortunately or fortunately, whatever way you want to look at it, it seems like these never-ending cycle games, like these, you know, these... Uh, seasonal. Yeah, these seasonal games are, are the craze. Look at 
uh, Warzone, right? Um, I think we're yep. going to be seeing a lot more games like this. Like Destiny seems to be going in this direction, um, you know. So we'll see. I, I, and I have zero appetite for any of this. Same. Like I, I just feel like such the old man right now. Mm-hmm. It's it's. I've just never I, been into the online playing. Like it just there's too many assholes online that just it from a young age it took me out of online gaming and I just don't have the time to you know do a three hour raid with a with a group right like I just don't have the time yeah. to invest into the top notch. Uh, form factor or build I don't have the time to invest you know in the offline hours in order to prep for the raids I just don't have that time anymore so that just and and and, and again you know the oftentimes the communities are crap so I'm just not I don't bother with these types of games yeah I'm the same you know what like I I enjoy increasingly my video gaming experiences I enjoy firing up a, a racing game like dirt dirt five yeah. or dirt four and and playing that for a little bit or maybe uh jumping into nhl or fifa and enjoying that um i'm getting less and less into the episodic or long haul games i guess the last really big long haul game i played was division two where i just had to go through the content with other players you know friends and whatnot. And before that would be Borderlands 3. There are certain titles that I'll jump in and do that, but we only play for maximum two or three hours uh, a given weekend, you know, a weekend evening or mm -hmm. something like that. And maybe, maybe one night during the week if we feel it's worth it. But it, it's not the regularity that I guess some people do it with. But the, these online things, I, I'm with you, man. I, I, can't, I can't get into the, the PvP kill them all yep mode same here all. all right so on this show we give microsoft and xbox a lot of shit uh we tend to praise playstation all quite a bit more um <laughs> it's our kind of system of choice however when we talk about the future of gaming and what both phil and i want i want to say tyler and myself think the future of gaming is all in streaming uh, so that's why we you know we do give credit where credit is due with stadia um you know and we do give credit where credit is due with microsoft and i think what microsoft is doing in investing in that future is a great plan for now um you know much to the detriment of their current hardware um i believe that you know they are setting themselves up for success having said that we oftentimes forget the fact that Sony has their own streaming system. Um, so, you know, they have the streaming service, I should say. So they have PlayStation now. Uh, I've been using it for about a year this summer. So about nine months or so. And overall, I've had I have had fun with it. I've been able to replay or play games that I just completely missed out on in the first run. So, you know, it is what it is. For 12 bucks a month, I'm mm -hmm. having fun. One major limitation that it did have was that it limited people and streams to just 720p. So uh, this week, uh, they started allowing 1080p capable games streaming at the native 1080p. Uh, so the rollout occurred uh, over the next few weeks. Um, it's going to occur over the next few weeks in Europe, US, Canada, and Japan, where PlayStation Now is available available so 
you know, it's little improvement, little by little. Uh, one thing PlayStation now has to do is um, allow you to download games as opposed to just streaming them. So there's a huge library of games where you can download, but some of the games you have to stream. And I would rather just download a game and mm-hmm. play it that way than dealing with the streaming aspect of it. Yeah, it's it's interesting because Sony have made proclamations in the industry that they're going to be getting more competitive with the Xbox Game Pass. And I know that something that happened, I think, in uh, somewhere over in Europe was Sony started testing out, um, including in your play, your Plus or your stream service, that you can stream Sony movies. Yes. They did that for a couple of days last week. Yep. So you could stream their, their library. So they're trying to sweeten the deal or find some kind of balance, some kind of, of draw to get more people into this. But it is a future gaming. Like M- Microsoft are also doing their open beta on iOS and computers in streaming the Game Pass, yep. right? And and getting access that way. And it's getting crazy out there. Like Like I've seen a softening... Of people, I saw Linus Tech Tips this week did a video uh, testing all the streaming services, and his big shock takeaway was uh, Stadia didn't suck. Yeah. <laughs> Go he figure, was like, right? Holy crap! This is actually like he ultimately gave the nod to the GeForce Now, but that's the most expensive gaming service streaming service yeah. out there. Yeah. Whereas Stadia are probably the easiest and the cheapest, but he he knocks it because it's Google, which it's it's his prerogative. He can do whatever he wants. Yeah. But I thought he was being a little bit harsh on them. Yeah. Because yeah, it was telling just to see that reaction. I think it's just going to be like dominoes now that some of the resentment in the reviewing community and whatnot starts to fall as resolutions go up and experiences get better with streaming. But you're right. I would rather re- like download the game, yeah. and and make sure that I have a bulletproof kind of thing. Like right now, what's keeping me in my subscription is Dirt Four. I should probably just buy it. But I'm like, eh. I downloaded it, and I'm playing it, and I'm enjoying it. I, I'm really into that franchise right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that figure. makes total sense. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Kind of, you know, Sony, come on, step up your game. Uh, PS Now, it's a great service, it's cheap, um, I find that it works really well, but their game selection is a little lacking in the grand scheme of things, right? And then you have things where Avengers is available, but it's only going to be available for a limited amount of time. So, it's, you know, they have, I think they need to invest a little more and kind of take the Microsoft approach and just, they got to get some, I don't want to say exclusives, but, you know, they got to get some exclusivity streaming window time. You know, can you imagine if there was a game that was coming out both on Xbox and PlayStation um, and Sony had the exclusive streaming rights for PS Now? That would kill it because that's essentially what Xbox is doing, right? Look at the show and the fiasco with the show 21 that we talked about a few weeks ago. Oh, my God. I downloaded the show 21. All right. How long did you play it? Five minutes? Less, mm-hmm. less. It pissed me off setting it up. Mm-hmm. I was, I'm out, I'm out. It's sitting there. It is so complicated. 
It's really not. On its entry level but into I it. I agree. Like, it, it's just, it's not, like, if I had patience, it would be no problem. Or if it let me just choose once that I want the idiot settings, and it just automatically adjusts the idiot settings and tells me to go to settings if I want to change the idiot settings on pitching or on whatever. But I went through the batting setup, and then I'm like, all right. And then it's like, well, how do you want your shoes tied? How short should your pants be? What color glove do you want? And I'm like, oh, my God. I just want to play the game. I want baseball. Yeah, but. And it barriered it. it see, it, that's how I know I that you why don't they did it. play sports games. Because something the show has been great on is giving you many options and many ways of playing. You can play yeah. with the analog sticks. You can do double tap. You can do base running. You know, there is two or three different ways to play every offense, defense, batting, um, running, you know, there's, there's, there's different ways to play. And at least, you know, the show has given you the opportunity to choose what you like. So that's the positive. The negative is that if you're not used to that or used to the system, um, you know, they should just default (laughs) you to the easiest. Um, and, 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 you know, the, like the good old days of, of directional throwing, running, batting, right? Like, Using yep. Ken Griffey uh, Jr. baseball controls or something like that. And then yep. you can change it to something a little more that you're comfortable with. Um, but, again, but I understand. He- here's the thing, though. I'm not it, – it's it's just their, their presentation was the problem that I had with it. Because if the game is designed to be fun on that part of it, I'm okay with it. NHL, like, 21 does that. It makes you play the different styles of game real time and make you decide on how you want to do it. But you're having fun because you're controlling the player. And you're like, no, I don't want to do it with sticks. I want to do it with buttons. You know, things like that. And it takes you through a whole tutorial on how to set up your gameplay. And you don't even realize you're doing it. And then you get to the point and you're like, yes, I'm going to play it this way. And I'm just playing hockey. But the baseball wasn't that well done. Like, wasn't that well done for me? For a real baseball fan, sure. And I know you're huge into it, and I respect it for that. I'm not going to dump all over it per se. But for my experience and whatnot, it definitely. I've played previous versions of the show, and it it didn't dance it that hard. I'm not going to dump all over it after I dumped all over it. Well, yeah, I, I regretted that when I came. Out of <laughs> Love it. No, but I, I get I'm just, your point. I'm just of view. saying, like, if you're a big fan, if you're a big fan, and you and you know that that's coming, but even it's then, no problem. You know, it's 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 frustrating when you are a fan of the show and they make you go through this all over again. Like they need. And one thing that I was saying was like, you know, even the options from year to year need to fucking go over. It's it's just ridiculous that, um, you know, that you have to go through all the tutorials yet again. So that's that. Anyway, yeah, it's just like FIFA. Yep. <laughs> Which is its own mess. Um, Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah. All right, so we're going to be talking. I was just thinking of a few things that we could talk about. I'm not even going to go there. (laughs) Um, So, last year, we're talking about this digital service taxes um, that they were going to implement here in Canada. Well, the budget has been released, and it is in there. So, the cost of digital services and goods of digital services and goods sold by foreign companies like Netflix, Amazon Prime, Spotify in Canada will be rising by 3% on 
January 1st, 2022. Um, so again, they've been talking about this for a really long time. Um, there's gonna they're gonna try to create minimal loopholes in this so that everyone has to pay. Um, and yeah, so we're, we're gonna really see what. And this is really to offset some of the 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 financial burden that COVID nineteen has given um, to you know the country in general and our deficit. So you know they think that this tax is a good idea, but you know this is eventually gonna come down to the consumer. Yeah, unfortunately, but I I think that it's it's three percent is a lot better than if it was 13 percent you know what i mean like three percent i can almost like begrudgingly shrug off and especially considering like all right this is gonna come across as very i don't know socialist or liberal or whatever leftist but i think the government's done a pretty darn good job of trying to support people throughout this I'm not saying they're doing it great everywhere. I I know that there's probably hundreds of people that are screaming, "I got screwed," or you know, that I'm I'm losing my money, my business, whatever. I it's coming at a high cost to a lot of people, and I don't want to diminish that. But I know the government. I'm always surprised at how much money gets pledged. I don't know how easy it is to access it, because I'm lucky enough that I haven't needed to take advantage of some of these, you know, bonuses. But I guess I'm I'm okay with paying a little bit extra, but the problem that I uh, that ultimately is going to come in is that it's never going to go away. The minute it's three percent, maybe in five years it's five percent. I don't know. Like it's they're always going to go. Well, there's money now. There's revenue. It's not like you know. Well, we just need this tax for a little while, pay off the deficit, and then we're gonna not tax it again. <laughs> this never happens. Exactly. So. It's it's here to stay. It's not going anywhere. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I just want to quickly talk about that. It is what it is. I was kind of expecting it to be higher. So 3%, I think is an okay starting point, but we'll see, yeah. you know, uh, you know, from, uh, from just a principle type of thing, like I'm fine with it as long as it's being invested in the right things. That's where we're going to leave yeah. it. All right, so and, and and it's January first, so we got all year to waste our money on that shit. <laughs> exactly. All right, so Netflix released its numbers. Netflix has hit two hundred eight million paid subscribers. Probably six hundred million people are actually using it, um, but they have two hundred eight million paid subscribers, and they're going to spend seventeen billion dollars on content in twenty twenty one. The streaming service is up almost fourteen percent. From last quarter. Yeah, and their stock is, like last I saw, it was going down a little bit because the COVID recovery is happening. So that means less people will be watching Netflix. But I think Netflix certainly got a leg up during COVID with everybody being sequestered from home. And I think that it's definitely impressed itself as a as a, a service that a lot of people want to have and will still carry going forward. I think you're going to see like, there might be other services where you're like, I don't know if I need Disney plus for the full year. Maybe I'm, I'm switching my renewals or, or services around, but I don't think Netflix is one of those ones that's going to be subject to the roulette wheel of service switching. At least it isn't for me. 
Yeah. I, as much as I complain about Netflix, I keep my Netflix account going because there it, the the title cycle so frequently on it where it's like, "Oh, there's a movie on it that I want to watch that wasn't on it last week." Or something like that, right? Yeah. And sometimes the content can surprise me. The um, thing is, for me at least, here in Canada, maybe in the States, it's Hulu. But here in Canada, for me, you know, when you think of streaming service, you think Netflix, right? Netflix is the the the, the epicenter of streaming, you know? And I feel like that's yeah. just, I'll have Netflix and other stuff. Um, not yeah. that I rotate or anything. I just, like, whatever. For me, it is what it is. I'll be happy to support these companies as long as they releasing things that i'm interested in so that's fine with me yeah and I, i'm really impressed with you know like i say i've been guilty of complaining about netflix in the past as our listeners know and um i will give them credit where credit's due that they come up with some they take t- chances on some things mm-hmm. and that's what i really like about them is that they did try to do the dark crystal and they do try to do shows that maybe are outside of the norm of the television norm and they take those chances and sometimes they work sometimes they don't but i respect the fact that they enable creators to create yeah and maybe not stick to the confines of the formulaic boardroom driven decisions it's these people are creating stuff and getting access to netflix to put it out on there so yeah, that that's a lot of fun. Maybe maybe some of the content isn't at all geared towards me, but I give it a try and I I, I check out stuff. Same here. So, yeah, like you brought up one that 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 one the Japanese one, where uh, what was it Borderlands or whatever, mm-hmm. Alice in Borderlands. Alice in Borderlands. Yeah, like that was just mind blowing to me, and yeah. I I was only able to stomach one episode. Yeah, because it's so uh, triggering anxiety in me. Mm-hmm. But it looked bloody fantastic. It was bloody and fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's that's what I really respect about Netflix. Like that, that would not be a show that I I would be watching. But I got drawn to it. I saw an episode of it. I knew it wasn't for me, but I respect the crap out of it. Mm-hmm. That you'd never see that get the light of day when we were kids. Yeah, if anything, Netflix is fantastic for giving people a starting point, a shot. You know, that, that that script that they've had in their drawer for 20 years since they were a kid, you know? And mm-hmm. they, it gets greenlit. So, if anything, Netflix is good for that. Yep. So, good on them. Yep. Go, go right. subscribe so, up, you know? The yep. war is on. Speaking of subscribers, HBO Max and HBO Hit... 44.2 million subscribers in the U.S. So, I, I honestly, it's a lot of money, that subscription. It, it constantly blows me away when I see it's surging. But as well, look, they've been, they've been releasing some crazy fun stuff. Oh. Like when you think about, you know, Snyder Cut, Godzilla, Mortal Kombat, like it's pretty much the only thing that's producing these movies. Well, this type of content. They they have their own originals. They seem to be doing pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. Most Crave gets most of them, but I noticed that Amazon Prime got the latest one uh, with uh, I forget what her name is, but the mom from How I Met Your Mother, um, where she basically runs away from her crazy husband, who's this tech 
Overlord. Um, mm. It's it's supposed to be a comedy, it seems like. But uh, anyways, that's on Amazon Prime here in Canada. But HBO Max has a lot of pretty good originals in that realm of stuff. Um, so throughout the quarter, the service added 2.7 million subscribers domestically, globally. HBO Max and HBO have reached 64 million subscribers. That's freaking That's crazy. pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's really quick because you look at Disney Plus and they were so excited about their numbers and that was a year and they were getting like 90 million at that point. So mm-hmm. for HBO Max to be at 60 some odd now. Wow, good for them. Yep. And, and in June And it's a dear price like it's and in june there's actually going to be changes Uh, so there's going to be an ad supported tier the new tier is going to be cheaper than the current 15 dollars a month cost Mm. however at this time it's still unknown how much this new tier will cost and how many ads will play over the course of each piece of content interesting hey you know you can grow the service more and get ad revenue out there and whatnot so they're going to win. They're, they're yep. like if we're paying less and willing to watch the ads and the advertisers are paying to get those ads on, that means HBO is, is taking the checks on both sides. So yep. good for them. Yep. So DRM, it's something that we've talked about a lot and in detail here. Mm. Um, you know, and and we've talked about this in as it pertains to Apple, as it pertains to Amazon, as it pertains to, you know, anywhere that you get your content and you quote unquote buy or quote-unquote rent something but it's mainly stuff that you quote-unquote buy because you you don't actually own it you're kind of buying a license to view it um so apple is facing a lawsuit over who owns the rights to the movies you buy um so in the u.s district court um Judge John Mendes has rejected a motion to dismiss filed by Apple, who is currently under legal scrutiny from a class action suit against how consumers buy or rent movies, TV shows, and other content in the iTunes store. Well, boy, here we go. Here we go. You know, it's kind of funny because Sony, they decided that they were going to shut down the PS Vita and the PS3 stores and that was threatening a whole bunch of content for people and they made such a big noise that they decided to re-enable or not ditch those services anymore and apple are into this game too now where people are just gonna start complaining about stuff just wait until the big moves start just wait until they delist some movies or something like with this fragmentation of the world with disney and Warner Brothers and HBO, like all these, all these people picking sides about things. It's just a matter of time before they start pulling away from the other side, where they say, "No, we don't want this to be on Apple." Yep. But it was. But now yep. take it away from people. Yep. Don't let them access their Apple license for this. Yep. So it's interesting because Amazon is facing a similar lawsuit. Uh, so it looks like DRM. Um, and digital rights management, that's what DRM stands for, is going to get a closer look at in different governing bodies and locales. So this is something that we're for sure going to be following because this will change for sure. Not only how and what you quote unquote own, but it will for sure change how these companies um, offer you these things. Yep, there's going to be a lot of changes to those end user agreements 
And that. I think based off of these precedences. And yeah, I don't know if we're all going to like it. It's, yep. it's, I'll guarantee you this Apple will win no matter what, even if they lose. They're going to make it so that they win. Mm-hmm. And that means that the consumer doesn't. Right? They're going to do their best, though. They like happy people. They like happy people's money. Mm-hmm. Right? Google found out from me that I wasn't happy with renting Godzilla. <laughs> right? Like that DRM thing just made me so mad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, I'm never renting a movie from Google again mm-hmm. because of the way that they handled that. Like, it's not even a contemplation. I'm like, okay. You know, if anything, like your suggestion, Cineplex, rent it there. You know, Canadian company, sure, I'll support them if I if I need to do that one day. But, yeah, DRM is going to be a really sticky, ugly thing. And I don't know that these lawsuits have the the info needed or the experience needed to really have pissed off people. I still think that there's going to be a shoe that drops. Like I was saying, that Apple are going to have to redact some kind of title because all the redactions that Prime and Apple have done are really minuscule. Mm -hmm. Like they're really, really not mainstream stuff. Once something majorly mainstream gets impacted by this, then you're going to see the real shit hit the fan. So whatever, whatever they come out to on this, Apple's going to try to mitigate mm-hmm. whatever decisions made, 100%. but there's going to be a time that that gets that that precedence gets rocked because of the anger that people are going to experience. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, we're going to be following this and we'll give everyone updates as this moves along. Um, so we're going to move on to Marvel and the MCU. Uh, so basically, earlier in this week, uh, Mrs. Saga's own Simu Liu, a new movie. Uh, Marvel Shang-Chi and the League of the Ten Rings first trailer came out. It looks very interesting. It, it's I I didn't even recognize him from Kim's Convenience. Yep. Man, oh man. Disney. There's a reason why Kim's Convenience ended now. <laughs> yeah, now things are clearing up for me because of this. Because I'm like, this shit's going crazy of Paul Sun Young Lee is in the Mandalorian. You know, Opa is in the Mandalorian. And I'm thinking, Sony just probably drove this truck up here and said, hey, you know what? Kim's Convenience, we, we see some talent here. Come on, get in the car. Because, <laughs> man, oh, man, like, yeah. that's just crazy. And you know how Good all this him. started? Um, Simu Liu kind of made a tweet years ago about... Hey, Marvel, you know, you got uh, Chadwick Boseman, you got so-and-so, you got these people. How about we do something with Shang-Chi? And then, here we go. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. And he's going to kill it. I'm, yep. I'm so happy for him and so impressed with all of the cast from Kim's Convenience are all aces to me. And undiscovered gems and, and quality actors, actresses, and congrats to that whole crew for the run that they had. It's it's sad that it's over, but I think that there's some great things for a lot of these people going forward. I don't think they're going to be long without work. Well, Andrew Fung sure. has a new show on CBC coming out already, so he's busy working on that. He's actually casting um, on that. You can go 
figure out the details on that one. But yeah, yeah, there's 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 some kind of uh, show splitting off with uh, with the manager Shannon yep. or whatever. Yeah, she has her own show, <laughs> uh, her own whatever. Uh, so yeah, awesome. so yeah, so here's is a new character. You know, we always talk about the MCU and kind of one of the things that has made the MCU so popular and so good at what it does is the fact that they can take like a B level hero or group um, or even a C level group like the Guardians of the Galaxy and make it successful. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, no disrespect to Shang-Chi, you know, but it's not Captain America. It's not Iron Man. It's not the Incredible Hulk. Like we're looking at kind of like, you know, something that hasn't been mainstream in a very long time. Um, So I think that this is really going to test our theory on whether Marvel can keep it up. This the funny thing is is like I was saying I've been watching comic book men, and some guy brought in all of these kung fu comics from the seventies. Yep, and he had like the full run one through six or something like that. He had the first six issues, and they're sitting there going, "Well, we want to buy number one because it's number one, but number two had Shang Chi on the cover." Yeah. And, they're like, ah, oh, we don't want that one. I'm thinking, man, you must be kicking yourselves now. Because <laughs> like, Marvel are opening that door, man. They're they're going back to the 70s when the Kung Fu craze was high. And uh, and dragging the net on that. And mm-hmm. I think it's great because you look at all the markets that you're going to touch and all the people and all the kids that are going to get to see these characters on screen and whatnot. And I, I think it's a, a smart move just from a marketing standpoint and, and just good for people, right? Like everybody got a really big kick out of black Panther being successful Mm -hmm. because there's a colored guy on on the screen being a superhero and whatnot. And, you know, you look at Falcon and winter soldier and you look at like the world is, is hopefully changing a little bit and we're getting these different groups represented and different women, ethnic groups and whatnot. So Great. It's good. Representation is key, right? If you can see that someone like you has made it, you're going to, you know, you have something to aim for. Uh, So, so yeah. So, like you mentioned, um, Shang-Chi was created in the 70s and it was really based off of the popularity of uh, the Bruce Lee show Kung Fu, um, which there's a CW remake of, which I need to watch and cry Mm. that I watched it. Anyways, yeah. and uh, yeah, so uh, Liu ex- kind of said that he wanted to play this character because it was a relatively unknown character, so it would be very interesting to play, and he can make it his own. So yeah, so we'll see. One thing I really enjoyed about this movie is that, like, you know, if you take a look at the number of Easter eggs around, uh, you know, you get the Legend of the Ten Rings. The Ten Rings has shown up quite a bit already in the MCU. Iron Man, the first one, you know, when uh, Tony Stark is being held captive, you see the Ten Rings symbols behind him. Uh, you see a Ten Rings symbol on a goon on Ant-Man. Um, you know, the entire lure of the Mandal- of <laughs> um, of uh, the Mandarin, right? Like, we have to remember yeah. that in Iron Man 3, the guy was an actor who was pretending to be the Mandarin. But in one of those shorts, we find out that there actually already is a Mandarin in the MCU. And now we might actually mm. see him. So, yeah. So, it's it's I kind of like those MCU tie-ins and Easter eggs that they're um, 
I don't think it, they were purposely thought of, you know, uh, 13 years ago. But yeah, it's it's yeah. it's nice to kind of piece everything together. Yeah, yeah, you know what? It, it it says a lot about consistency, but also knowing your own properties, knowing that you can drop them in, and and then when the opportunity comes, you can capitalize on it and make it into its thing, and and you don't look stupid. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like you get people to rewatch it. I, I read three man that Mandarin stand in. He was one of the funniest guys I've ever seen in one of those movies. I enjoyed his character so much. Yeah, I think you're the Wait. first person to ever say that. No, I know, right? It's, I love it. I just love that bathroom bit. <laughs> <laughs> you, and your, me, you and your toilet jokes, like, that's all you need. I know, but remember the girls being locked in the bathroom? Oh, it smells in here. <laughs> yeah, oh, I remember. Um, yeah, so... Also in the MCU, uh, you know, talking about representation, Captain America 4 is moving ahead. So that is yeah. going to be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to that, especially with the ending of Falcon and Winter Soldier, which we're going to be talking about on Wednesday. So just uh, tune in because we have a lot to talk about there. Um, James Gunn has finished the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special script. Uh, so this is going to be a holiday special that's going to be on Disney Plus in December of 2020. 22. So this is going to take place um, after Thor, but before Guardians 3. Hmm. That'll be fun. That'll be fun. I'm looking forward to that. You know, I, I, I got in a little bit of a Twitter debate about Captain America 4. Mm -hmm. And the guy was asking, well, why would they make that and not make a second season? And I'm like, because Disney likes money. Exactly. <laughs> it's a box office thing. Come on. They they you don't want to make Disney Plus the primary gatekeeper of the MCU. You want to have it accent the MCU. Mm -hmm. You want to pull people into it from the movies because the movies hit such a bigger audience, but he couldn't understand that. There's more to like, it, oh. but we'll talk about that on Wednesday. So 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 take a yeah. note and we'll bring it back up on Wednesday. All right, and before we go, I wanted to talk about this really cool thing that I saw. Um, in Shanghai yesterday, a bunch of drones formed a massive scannable QR code um, over the city sky. It was really interesting. You can see this picture on the internet, uh, but all these drones created this massive QR code that was a huge ad, essentially. And it was for a Chinese video streaming company, Bill Bill, uh, to co commemorate the one-year anniversary of its release of the mobile game Princess Connect uh, Redra Dive. So, yeah. Oh, that's that's crazy, man. Mm -hmm. so that's it's cool. I love I love when shit like that comes around. Man, did, did you see, like, this week? Here, I'll close it out with, with a weird one. This week, there's a uh, Wired ran like this huge article on the McDonald's uh, 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 ice cream machines, <laughs> and there's like this conspiracy, right? Because how many times have you gone to McDonald's and you tried to get an ice cream and they tell you that the machine's broken? Yeah, and then you end up buying something else. Yeah, and yeah. you know what? Like they did a deep dive on this thing. These machines cost eighteen thousand dollars each, and every two weeks or something. They need to be serviced and like the amount of parts that come out of them because it's the only machine in the world that can do two soft serve drives at the same time. It's got two separate machines inside and it's taking the liquid and making it into ice in real time. Like it's crazy the technology in this, but it's basically it gets into this uh, right to repair 
this whole yeah. right to repair, which is very close to the DRM stuff. And they're saying like they're, they're locking people out because there's 18,000 of these or 13,000 of these machines in the States. And another company is inputting a piece of software, like a, a, a raspberry Pi into the, the ice cream machine so that store managers can access certain menus in the machine that the manufacturer locks them out of. So it's a question of when they buy these machines, who owns it and the service contract and the complications there within, huh. because the people can't actually service their own machines. They have to be on a service contract to get these things fixed. Oh, and that's so interesting. I know. I knew it was going to be up your alley and I knew it was going to get you with the ice cream because I saw that face. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, damn, this could be juicy for us. I'm telling you. Yeah. I like it. I like that. Um, we got to do more of these weird things. Maybe we can always end the show off with one of these weird news timbits. Yeah. Bits. Uh, uh, I like it. I like the idea, man. I'm telling you. Sometimes I see some crazy creative stuff out there with, with other content providers. I always and... see a lot of weird stuff. Um, and it's not that I don't want to talk about it. It's just that we are often running out of time. But today we have about five minutes and 45 seconds before we have to go. Before I like to call it a show. <laughs> so we talked about ice cream. Yeah, we talked. No, about the ice cream. right to repair stuff is fascinating to me. I'm, I'm watching that guy. He's doing the GoFundMe. I, I'm sorry, I didn't prep it at all. I don't have nah, his stuff. Fine. He did a lot of stuff on stonks, but he did a video last week that blew me away. He took a 360 degree camera, put it on his helmet, and rode around New York. And what you could do on YouTube is you could take your PlayStation controller because I was watching on PlayStation, and you press the arrows, and you can circle around looking at all the different like it's a 360 view in youtube so you can look up you can look down you can look everywhere through this guy's camera That's on really cool. youtube it was mind-blowing it very was just cool. like and he's doing it like a saturday night at 11 o'clock so it's all he just wanted to show you what covid new york looks like on a saturday night yeah you gotta find that and put it in the show notes yeah i i, I can find it i know I, i've subscribed to him so yeah, yeah. it's pretty cool very cool some fun stuff man oh there, there there really is and yeah i spend so much time on the net um basically when i'm waiting for something i'm always reading some weird article or some something so there's always some interesting stuff that comes up uh so you know if uh our listeners have anything they can always send it into us including any feedback and phil can you tell them where they can send it things too i sure can that's a hell of a segue you know and uh if you want to get in contact with us first up you can always check out our website boris does a great job with it www.itscanonpodcast.com you can check us out on instagram twitter and facebook at it's canon podcast you can email us at show at it's canonpodcast.com you can subscribe via apple podcast spotify stitcher google play anywhere you find podcasts you're gonna find the it's canon podcast if you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe and uh, leave a rate and review if the platform allows you to. Thanks so much for taking your time to listen to us this week. We really do appreciate it. Yep, as always, we really do appreciate everything that our listeners do, whether it just be listening, whether it be leaving a review, whether it be leaving feedback. We appreciate it all. Um, so this Wednesday, we do have our review of Falcon and Winter Soldier, episode number six. Um, and that's going to be a lot of fun. We have a lot to talk about, but yet not a lot to talk about. Um, we will pat ourselves on the back a lot because we basically called it all last <laughs> week. But 
that's for Wednesday. Uh, so without further ado, thank you for listening. It is the It's Canon Podcast, a podcast where we talk about all things geek, all things pop culture, and the best part of it all is Phil. It's all in canon. East Phil. I'm Boris. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>